Yo, 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 what's good, Brodies and Bays? This is the Dynasty Bros Fantasy Football Podcast. Redraft. Hey, ring light come through on me, please. I am your boy. Oh, wait. I'll start jazzing up. The ring light got the best of me. Look, this is where you come for all your fancy football needs and chop it up about the latest NFL news. I am Dynasty Bro Dot here with my co-bro. Dynasty Bro Vic, a.k.a. Chief Sosa. What's up? You ever want to you want to explain Chief Sosa one time again, real quick, bro? Nah, not really, bro. I wasn't ready. <laughs> hey, it's just some cool shit, man. That's that's all my uh, fantasy team name, Chief Sosa. So FF stands for fantasy football. <laughs> all right, so look, bro. You know how we do it. We got some fire redraft takes for y'all. What we're gonna do is we're just gonna go into one player each position, each position that I like and that he likes, man. Just to help you guys, you know, have some confidence. And some other players. So not we try not to do the obvious ones, you know that. So uh we've been doing it real heavy in Dynasty, man. Just been talking to our guys, our Brodies for this season. So I'm excited, man. These are guys that if you tune into our Dynasty podcast, I'm pretty sure you preach, preach, preach about. So we about to do it on the redraft episode. You feel me? Yes, sir. Let's get it, man. You want to lead off or you want me to lead off? Uh, it don't matter, man. I like how you added the ticker in, bro. You so you so professional, bro. Try, man. Try to add to the presentation, but uh, <laughs> like you said, man, th- these are some of our guys, our Brodies. We excited for this year that we expecting to have an impact on the fantasy season. So, if you're still drafting, or even if these guys are on your waiver wire, I mean, definitely go get them. I'm gonna let you lead off, Doc. All right, look. So you know me. We are gonna start with the quarterback, right? Pretty sure that's what we usually just yeah. go with. All right, so look, we're going to get into, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, this is the quarterback for one of the teams, man. His quarter, his coach is the offensive genius. You know what I'm saying? At least that's what they say. We're going to go with Mr. Jared Goff, bro. I like Jared Goff. I want to say he's in probably the most pass-heavy offense, at least one of the top three in the league. So just, you know, he's going to have opportunities to throw the ball. He has good, reliable receivers, you know, Robert Woods. We both love some Robert Woods. I still love some Cooper Cup. You you love your guy Higby. I told you I still like some Gerald Everett. You know, they got some, you know, some rookie love in Van Jefferson. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to push for, you know, lead, the leader in rush pass attempts and pass yards. And uh, he really only had 22 touchdowns last year. 32 the year before. And, you know, 28 the year before that. So even if he regresses somewhere in the middle of that, man, and pushes for somewhere 25, 26, that's just more points, man. And I think he can push for that because 22 is low for how much he throws the ball and how much talent is around him. So I'm excited about that, man. I just think he's going to go up and he's kind of being forgotten about because he didn't have the best season last year. Yeah. And shout out to Black and White Sports. And uh, we got Dan. He's saying Jared Goff is overrated. I don't know, man. Hey, I will say this. They're top five in pass attempts, so they're definitely throwing that ball. Uh, Sean McVay wants to throw the ball. You know, they run heavy play action. You got to respect the run game, even though that O-line's terrible, but you still got to respect the run game. But I, I definitely like the call, man, especially if someone's going late QB, so, and redraft. And no more girly. They're not playing through the run no more. Yep, it's they got to throw. Yep. All right, man. I got another guy for you guys, so another late QB guy. I'm all in on Gardner Minshew this year. You know, he, he hey, they got rid of Nick Foles. Um, of course, last year he only played in 14 games, but he had 3,200 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, only six interceptions. So he took care of the ball when he had his opportunity. And he had some rushing chops, too, even when the play broke down. 
Um, so he can run, too. So there's some rushing upside there. So if you go late quarterback, you know, Gardner Minshew is a guy you could target um, late. I mean, you might not even have to draft him. It just depends uh, with these redraft, uh, the way these leagues are going. So you can stack your roster everywhere else, get all your running backs, get all your wide receivers, get you some tight ends, and then get you some Gardner. Hella comfortable with that, man. Man, what do you think about Gardner as far as, like, his outlook going into next year? Do you think this is his only season to shine? Do you think if he, you know, performs above average, he'll keep the job? What do you think? Come on, man. Don't make me answer no dynasty questions about your guy, man. Don't. Trevor Lawrence next year, bro. Trevor Lawrence, bro. That's all I can say. All right. All right. I do want to say this, too, about the Jacksonville Jaguars, though. They're probably going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. What does that mean? Playing from behind, always having to throw. We saw what Jameis Winston did last year. You know, 30 he, for 30. Yeah, 30 for 30, finished as a top five QB, but now he's a backup quarterback. So it just goes to show that, that ugly production still translates to success in fantasy football. So don't sleep on Gardner Minshew. True that, man. My guy can go out there, have 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, and he'll still be a top five fantasy QB. So, Yep. But he takes care of the football, like I said, only six interceptions last year. Yeah, so. he's not sloppy, man. I just feel bad because you have one of the most generational talents coming out, and if they get the number one pick, yeah. I don't think you pass on it, man. Sucks. That's true. They can't repeat that uh, mistake or that history because they passed on, I believe, Deshaun and some other guys, and they Pat. – yeah, and they went with Blake Bortles, man, and we see it, you know, see how that played out. So, if the Jags are smart, minute, bro, man, hey, if the Jags are smart, you know, they don't want to repeat history. So hopefully they uh, take their QB. That's an ugly name, bro. Don't ever throw that back out here. Again, bro. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Who you got next for us? All right, we're gonna go into look. If you in our dynasty episodes? Listen to that. I preach this guy so heavy, rookie. Out of the Las Vegas, man, I had to focus on that. Las Vegas Raiders, look, 13 games last year, and he still had over 1,000 yards, man. So his his only real issue is he's not that involved in the passing game. But he came out of Alabama being involved in the passing game. My guy, Josh Jacobs, man. I, I just wanted to throw the intro out before I even said his name, man. Look. What else can you say about a rookie coming in doing exactly what you want, giving them the bell cow row, giving them first, second, and some third down plays? And really, I plan on him getting more involved. They drafted uh, – who's your guy, bro? Lynn Bowden. That was – you was all about him. He's he's an all-around guy. He's a receiver, running back. And we just assume that he's coming in to cut in on some of that pass down work. They got rid of uh, DeAndre Washington, who is – a good backup. He 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 showed good when Josh Jacobs went out. But uh, I think they want to give him even more work this year, and I think he'll be able to hold up. He got a little bit banged up last year and was playing with a messed up shoulder. But uh, throughout all that, man, like I said, the production that he did in his rookie year, I, I can see him being a top five back in, in redraft and in dynasty after this year. So I love me some Josh Jacobs. Well, turn up on him because I actually got rid of Lim, Lim Bowden. He's in Miami now, so – I mean, the running back room just got a little bit lighter. Um, hey, Josh, he does have that, you know, potential t- to be a top five back. My only concern, I know he missed a couple of games right. last year with the shoulder. Right. That's my right. only concern, but I'm definitely, you know, I like some Josh Jacobs, especially as my RB2, um, but he definitely has RB1 upside. But, you, hey, everything you said, man, you can't go wrong with Josh Jacobs, though, especially in the John Gruden offense. They want to feature the running back. You know, they keep a balanced attack, so – 
You know Gruden plays old school. He's going to run through his running back. Yeah, bro. Let my guy live, bro. He's my just bad, a little man. Bit He's a All little right, bit a banged little bit. up. Bro. He only missed a game. Was it a game or two? But that's not terrible, bro. All right. Yeah. My guy um, for redraft going into the next one, Miles Sanders, man. I know there's been a lot of concerns. Talking about the Eagles, that they run a running back by committee. He's going to be the committee back. You know, so here, here's my thing. They haven't brought in a veteran yet. <laughs> and these wide receivers are starting to go down already in Philly. So, you know, Jalen Rager, he got banged up. Um, of course, Alshon, I believe he's he just came off the pup, right? So, hey, you just got to watch these Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers. They stay banged up. It's a constant rotation. But Miles, he's definitely a receiving option in the passing game. He's going to be involved. Last year, he caught 50 passes. I'm expecting to see that go up. Um, he averaged 10 yards per catch, so he's definitely creating plays, keeping the drive alive. So uh, he's he's heavily involved in the passing game. He can run. He's a talented runner. It's his backfield right now, man. Of course, they're still going to – hey, Dad, help me out. Who's their uh, third down running back? I'm spacing on the name. Who, who's their other guy? In Boston Scott, bro. Yeah, Boston Scott. Boston so, of course, Scott. Boston Scott. Yeah, man, I was spacing. But, of course, Boston Scott's still going to be involved yeah. as well. But I'm excited for Miles take that sophomore leap. Hey, perfect, perfect system to do it. He got playmakers all around him to open up the backfield. Philly's O-line is actually overlooked, man, but they're actually a pretty nice O-line, man. So I, lo- I love all the pieces around them, man, especially with Carson Wentz, too, coming back. Healthy, so. You would talk an Eagles guy on the redraft shout, show. Shout out to Dan, man. I did it for Dan. Did it for – do it for Dan. That's my guy, too, though. All right. So <laughs> RCOs, and this is one of the videos that I'm doing. I should go in and out, bro. Yeah, it did for a second. Who's your guy? Say his name again. All right, so look, my guy's Mr. DK Metcalf. Uh, DK Metcalf, sophomore receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, man. Um, what can you say? He's playing behind, I think, it's probably the second most talented QB, just straight off, just talent. You know, I know there's other QBs that that offer different talents, but just off pure quarterback talent, Russell's like my favorite after Pat. And look, why wouldn't you want that kind of guy to throw you the ball? Yes, it's a running offense, but look, 100 targets after starting getting off to a very slow start. There's another reliable target on the other side, but why wouldn't he be your red zone target? Tyler Lockett led all receivers in red zone targets, bro. Don't that seem awkward when you got 6'4", 230 on the other side of the field? Yeah. It's awkward, bro. So I see those targets flip-flopping. I can see him coming down with some more catches. And he finally started to grow into his route running, into his manly possessions of getting the ball by the end of the season. He was the one who did that bye-bye. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. Wait, wave him off after that catch, bro. So I think he, he can just go up even more, man. And who's really going to stop? Like I said, 6'4", 230, 4'3", 40. It's not normal. So I love me some DK Metcalf, man. I think he's just going to go up some more in his offense. I like the DK call. Um, where do you feel comfortable taking him as your wide receiver two, wide receiver three? I would, I, would want him, I would want him as a two and then not be surprised if he broke the top 12 because Tyler Lockett flirts with back in one. So yeah. Tyler's always injured. So Tyler playing a 16-game season, 17-game season, he would flirt with back in wide receiver one numbers. And why can't they flip-flop that? So, 
yeah, I, I can see him flirting with being the 12th wide receiver by the end of the year. Yeah, man. And I can see DK getting more goal line work too, man. Like you think they're going to run the ball and they go a slant to DK. I mean, you can't miss yeah. him. So I like it, man. I like the call. I definitely need to uh, get in on some DK. Just All right, man. Bit. I got a wide receiver for you guys. I'm keeping home, man. Naptown. One of Naptown's finest, Terry McLaurin, man. So the I'm getting used to the football team name, the what is it? The football team the from Washington? Washington. The Washington football team. Yeah. I'm still learning the name, man. But at least I didn't fumble and say their old name. But uh, Terry McLaurin, you know, he's primed for his first thousand-yard season. That's another one of my guys. Um, we all saw what he did last year. I mean, going up against Chicago's defense, scoring a touchdown. I mean, this is a guy you can't count out, man. And they brought in Ron Rivera. So, as you see, man, they, they cleaned house. You know, they got rid of Adrian Peterson. Historically, Washington liked to run the ball. But I think we're going to see, you know, Washington this year throw a lot. Um, we saw, you know, at least coming from – Carolina, what Ron Rivera did, you know, of course, Christian got his 130 plus targets and DJ Moore cleared 100 targets as well. So, I mean, Terry's definitely going to clear a 100 targets this year. He's a big play wide receiver. He gets down the field. He can create. He's explosive. Definitely excited for him. And he's one of your older, older sophomores. So he's 25. Um, so he's, you know, he's basically a, a young veteran. Of course, he's going to a second year in the NFL. But watching him last year, you wouldn't even guess he was a rookie. Yeah, bro. He's seasoned, bro. Yeah, man. Hey, so if you can get some Terry, I like that. I also like him as a wide receiver, too, this year. Um, having a you know top 24 finish. He could definitely have some wide receiver one finishes week to week. Yeah. Just depends on the matchup and game plans. But I'm excited for uh, Terry's sophomore campaign. He's a dog, bro. And like, same way with DCAP. I wouldn't be surprised if we look up and he's wide receiver 12 at the end of the season. He has that kind of talent, bro. He's fire. Yep. We got some predictions. Shout out to Yeah, man. Shout out to Detroit Beastie. Detroit Beastie. So he's predicting 1,075 yards and six touchdowns. 125 targets. Hey, I'll take that, man. I'll take that. Six touchdowns seem light, bro. He's the go-to. I think think he might – I think he's going to hit 10, bro, this year. Hey, I'm going to split the difference. I, I give him eight. Because he creates, of course, they still got Steve Sims Jr. in the room. Can't sleep on my guy, Gandy Golden, man. You know I like Gandy. And then we'll see what they do at the tight end position, too. So, And, of course, Gibson's supposed to be catching all these passes. We'll see. Split the difference-ass nigga, man. Yeah, Come man. On, Give me bro. the eight. Give me the eight, man. I'm going to take the, <laughs> the over. I'll take it, bro. I'll take that. That's fine. All right, look. Yep. I'm going to throw out the previous tight end stats before I talk about my guy, because I don't really have a lot of numbers to go off of when I talk about my guy. Look, last year, starting tight end for the Falcons, six touchdowns in limited games. Uh, He's going to flirt with 100 targets, flirting with 1,000 yards. Look, all I'm saying is Hooper was the number one tight end up until week 10. Calvin Ridley healthy. Julio, this Julio thing. We look up. Hooper's still the number one tight end, no matter what the receivers are doing. All I'm saying is he's gone in the offseason. Who do they bring in? Who was drafted before Mark Andrews? Yeah, Mark Andrews beat him out. Mark Andrews is a talented tight end, so I'm not knocking that. But this guy was strategically drafted before Mark Andrews. 
And I think they brought him in because they need somebody to play that role. Matt Ryan needs a reliable go-to target in the middle of the field. Yeah, you got these guys that are reliable on the outside, but they never have the best offensive line there. Matt Ryan loves his tight ends. He's always utilized them. So, look, you go trade for a guy, I think he's going to be used off top. And all I've been hearing is Raven reports and, you know, during all season, as soon as he got traded there, him and Matt Ryan were already working together. I locked him in as a top five tight end. I ain't backed out since it happened. I'm riding out with Hayden Hurst all year. Steps in, he's going to be a more athletic Austin Hooper off top. Give me some Hayden Hurst anywhere I can get him. Vic just took him and Kittle. I did. Hey, I'm looking at Kittle as my wide receiver too. That's just how, you know, hey, these, these, these tight ends can produce like that. But uh, I like the call with uh, Hayden Hurst. He's in a high-volume offense down there in Atlanta. Hey, they were number one in pass attempts, and then they finished number two in passing yards. So that's a tight fo- top five offense. Um, they're going to be throwing. And like you said, you know, Julio, he can miss a game here and there, and also Ridley as well. But that tight end position is going to be secured over the middle, especially in the red zone. Hayden Hurst is – actually, he's, he's more athletic, um, in my opinion, than, than a Hooper. He's faster. He's more of a wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in his first season with Atlanta, but I'm definitely confident. Um, I got some Hayden Hurst as well. Look, so since we got four guys, I did four, you did four. Do you want to kind of touch on defensive, defensive and kicker strategy without having to, like, pick guys specifically? You want to do that real quick for the, for the listeners? Yeah, that's cool. I didn't give him my tight end yet, though. Oh, we did. My bad. You talked about Hayden Hurst for a minute. And I yeah, but that's how fire okay. Hayden Hurst is, man. So I get it. I get it. But my guy, I got a breakout guy for you guys. So if you're streaming tight ends, you're going late tight ends. Johnu Smith, Tennessee Titans, you know, he's primed for a breakout. Usually tight ends break out in their fourth or fifth year. We saw what Darren Waller did last year. He broke out in his fifth year. Um, you know, he was suspended one year, so technically his fourth year. But this is Johnu's fourth year. There's no Delaney Walker. You know, of course, when that offense is run heavy, but Ryan Tannehill, he's efficient. They run a lot of play action. Uh, John New finishes number one in contested catch rate. So when the ball's coming, if he's being guarded or covered, he's likely still coming down with that football with 85% contested catch rate. He's athletic. Him and Derrick Henry are practically the same size. So, you know, you could, you know, swap them in and out either way. But John New can run, man. He can run. So it's a mismatch, man. He's a mismatch for sure. So. I'm excited for John New, but that's my that's one of my guys this year. What are they feeding them in that weight room, Vic? I don't know, man. I don't know. I might I might need to get on that plan. Between him, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. They did. That's all I got, man, I on John New. I feel it's, bad. No, nah, it's cool, bro. It happens. Fuck it. Who cares? All right, where you want to take it now, man? Um, let's let's go defense first, and just talk defensive strategies. So, do you have a defensive strategy? Do you like feed off of last year? Do you kind of do your own studies of positional players on the defense and pick like that? How do you ride out? All right, I'm gonna tell y'all what I usually do, even though I just did not do this in my in our home pod redraft league. My guy was on me, but uh. I usually wait, meaning I draft, I fill out my entire roster, including the bench, and then I just go with a defense that's out there. Um, And really, the reason behind that is people are going to be dropping defenses throughout the year. Defenses are going to be getting hot throughout the year. You can play matchups. So reaching to go get the number one defense from last year, I mean, that's not really 
my style, even though I did do that this year. But I'm 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 going to revert back to my original strategy. My guy's laughing at me. He couldn't believe it. He actually hit me up during the draft. Like, you good? You good? I actually got a draft coming up here in an hour. So I'm sticking to that strategy, bro. So, but that's usually my go-to. What's your strategy? Oh, uh, you know what? What's crazy is my strategy is I usually just take them with the last two picks, defense kicker. But um, honestly, Avo texted me in the middle of the draft and said, hey, no, he called me before the draft and said, What's the protocol on taking defense and kicker? I said, well, ESPN used to make you take them no matter what. But I don't know okay. about sleeper. So if I don't have to draft them, I'm not. So me and Avo didn't really look into drafting them at all. So I never even took my kicker. Hey, when do waivers open up heads up? Because I need a kicker. Uh, Yeah, we can open that. Usually, well, I guess I we got to open it. Yeah. Tomorrow? Yeah, we got to look into that. It's, it was... I don't know. We got we got to take that one offline, but right, usually it's okay. usually it's after. Because I need a kicker for Sunday. Yeah, nah, I got you. Nah, but uh, I usually just wait till the end. But when it comes to defensive strategy, I can never predict who's going to be good. So I usually just like to see who has the easy week one or easy first weeks, you know, and then just take that defense. Shout out to my guy Dan. The Eagles play the Washington football team week one, and I figured. All right, that's a good matchup. But if you look at our uh, waivers, bro, it's a bunch of supposed to be good defenses still out there. They just have horrible matchups week one. I wouldn't touch Gotcha. And going back to that waiver question, I think we can open it up basically after the Thursday game just to – all, all the waiver settings and the fab settings should set in at that point. reason why we locked it uh, was because people can just add them without having to spend fab. So, And when we say fab, that's free agent budget. So guys get a budget to spend on uh, players that they want to target. So, yeah, we just got to see how the app works. Um, but hopefully after this Thursday game, a game has been played. Hopefully it sets in those uh, free agent settings. Wait, I don't want to skip this one. So what's yeah. your strategy for kickers, bro? When do you usually take your kickers? All right, I usually wait to the end. But, again, I didn't do it this year in one draft. And this was a draft that I didn't do a mock draft in either. So it just goes to show you got to do your homework. But usually I wait to the end and I look for, you know, a high scoring offense. Um, I know a lot of people usually reach for like a Kansas City Chiefs kicker or a Ravens kicker. But there's some sneaky offenses out there as well that put up a lot of points. So um, at that point, I'm just looking for a kicker that's tied to a team that's going to be in the red zone a lot. Maybe a team that doesn't put up a lot of touchdowns because you get all your points kicking field goals. So. A Chiefs might not be the best option. They're scoring all these touchdowns. You're just getting a bunch of extra points. Um, to your point, Dot, that you, uh, you know, talked to me about offline. So, yeah, that's that's usually my go-to strategy. Just waiting. What about you? I like I like everything you said. Wait until the end to draft them. Don't draft them if you don't have to. But uh, if you're if you're searching for them, I think you should find teams that score a lot. Um, like last year, uh, Arizona, they couldn't score. They went. They got to the red zone a lot and just could not complete. Uh, like they couldn't run in, they couldn't pass in, and it's just everything was field goals. That's the kind of kicker you want on your team. If you can't, you, it's hard to predict teams that can't finish in the red zone. So it is good to take nice bro fix approach and like get the at least to get offense is going to score a lot of touchdowns. So at least you can lock in those one two point field goals. I mean extra points, but uh. After the first week or two, man, start looking into the, the teams that are getting into the red zone a lot, man. I think that'll help you out. 
or just yeah. jump and pay a dollar for a kicker because nobody's spending big money for a kicker. First week he go out, spend two dollars on him, get him all year. And I mean, keep in mind, people are gonna be dropping kickers and defenses throughout the year too, so you can clean up during the season. So that's another reason why to be patient. Someone may drop a Atlanta kicker, and that's a nice kicker to have. I mean, that's a high-scoring offense. I mean, the name might not sound sexy, but that's a guy you can just add, you know, when you need a kicker. So people are going to be dropping defenses and kickers throughout the season. Just know when to capitalize on those drops and, and add them. Okay. So I'm about to ask you this. I got a question since we got some time left. Yep. Give me one receiver. That's not Michael Thomas. That's not Julio. That's not Devontae. That maybe some people will be shocked if you name this. That you think could end up as the number one wide receiver this year in fantasy. And tell me why. Hmm. I got to think, man. So you said not Michael Thomas, not um, Devontae, and not who else? Man, I feel like them top like three or four should be excluded. Julio, Adams, Michaels. I mean, Michael, and then Hill. No Tyreek. All right. Well, if you take all those guys off the table, my next man up is the guy they just paid, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I usually like to refrain from taking guys, you know, who are fresh into an offense only because, you know, in my opinion, there's a learning curve guys go through establishing that chemistry. But who, who's a guy that can do it, especially if they're paying him all that money? He's the highest paid wide receiver. I mean, you got to utilize him. You're not paying him to just be the number two or be the number three. So clearly they want to throw the ball. We've seen Hopkins play with Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, all these QBs. Uh, who's the guy from Harvard? I forgot his name. Can't think of the name. Case Keenum and some other guys I can't think of. But he's played with all these quarterbacks. So he, he definitely can get it done with Kyler. So I'm going to plant my flag with Hopkins. He might be that solution to that red zone problem, too. Yeah. So, Who's your guy? Who you got? I wasn't ready. Uh, um, Chris Godwin. Okay. That's a nice call. Tom Brady's. Look, here's my thing. Tom Brady made Edelman a top 12 receiver. And Edelman ain't athletic. He's not tall. He's not fast. Chris Godwin is all of those things. <laughs> and I think he's going to be playing the same role that Edelman does. So, I don't like I told you, I don't think Tom Brady's done. And Bruce Arians is going to let Tom Brady throw the ball. That's, their, that's his MO. So, give me the taller, faster, more athletic Julian Edelman for Tom Brady. He could probably push. He was already pushing for basically wide receiver number one. Michael Thomas just put up a dumbass year last year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you bring some of that down to real life back to the surface of what Thomas did, Chris Godwin could push for that. Now, I can see him being – he's with a more efficient quarterback. So, I can see everything going up now even more. I like the call, man. That's a good call. All right. We got a couple more minutes. So, let's tell the people about the four-minute offense, and then we'll close it out. Okay. Uh, so – when we link up every week for Dynasty, you know, we're super heavy on Dynasty, but we wanted to give our redraft listeners a chance to, you know, get involved and really uh, help them out week to week by doing a four-minute off. Well, yeah, four-minute offense. 
So what we were doing was naming guys in four minutes or less that you should add to your team or drop the waivers. Um, and that was just in redraft form. So um, that was our chance of helping out the redraft listeners in our, on our Dynasty episode. So now what we're doing is we have a full redraft episode. We're going to bring the four-minute offense to this. So, like, every week we'll have a stop clock. We'll be on that shit. We'll talk. The guys that I think should be picked up, they will talk to the guys that he thinks should be picked up. And uh, some guys that should be dropped, and we'll do it all in four minutes, man. And hopefully that'll help you guys out week by week. Because you do got to pay it. You don't win your leagues at, at the start of the season by draft. You have to maybe trade. You have to pay attention to the waiver wire. So that's our four-minute offense. That's us helping guys out specifically. I definitely like that. And, of course, in football, in four minutes, you know, four minutes left in the second quarter before it's halftime, you got to push for that last score, put some points up, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal. And same thing with fourth quarter. I mean, you know, the game's on the line. So we bring that. We want to bring that same theme, that same concept over to adding these, adding these guys and dropping these guys. And, you know, you got to basically know when to move. So that's what it comes down to. So you set the foundation for your championship run at the draft, but you secure it with these waiver wire moves. So We had some fire waiver wire moves last year. We did, man. We're going we're gonna to do it again, man. So, hey, tell everybody where they can follow you at before we get out of here. Hey, follow me at DynastyBro.Dot on Instagram and on Twitter. And I do have videos coming out very soon. Stay on the lookout. Hey, bro, where can they follow you at? At Chief Sosa FF. And also be sure to follow the podcast, Dynasty Bros FF, everywhere. And subscribe to the podcast. And shout out to Black and White Sports. This is an exclusive redraft show we do for them. Be sure to check them out. Hey, they give it to you black and white when it comes down to these sports topics. They give you the raw, the real. You've been watching ESPN all day. Get the real from black and white sports. The shit that they can't say on ESPN. Two Philly people today. We did. We did. All right. With that being said, we are out. Um, Yeah. Until next week, man. Good luck. Peace and love. Taco Tuesday.